Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode in the Source series. To my right, I have the amazing Mark Kilcoin, and sitting across the table from me is the Steve Tripp. These gentlemen are dedicated to helping leaders all across Wisconsin and Northern Michigan Ministries Network become better in their specific area of service. Over the next several months, this podcast is going to be committed to exploring this one thought, and that is this, who you are is more important than what you do. In the coming months, you're going to see this podcast be released on a monthly basis, but then kids men and student men are going to release a supplemental resource for you. So make sure you're looking for that each month as they are released. Today, as we dive into the reality of who you are is more important than what you do, we're going to take a look at self-care and why it's vital to know exactly what it actually is. As we begin our session today, I'm going to ask Mark to kind of lead us in to the concept of why it's vital that we understand who we are is more important than what we do. Yeah. I think all of us um, have heard that different ways in different times. And for me, uh, I was in graduate school. I went to the chapel and quite honestly, I can't, I don't know if I can remember what the chapel is about. Matter of fact, I don't know if I could tell you what any of the chapels were about. <laughs> I, very few of the lessons that were taught in my class, I remember I could go through and tell you, oh, yeah, this is what I learned here and here and here. But one day sitting in chapel praying, I just felt God just speak to my heart that if I have, Mark, if I have your ministry and I don't have you, I don't have what I died for wow. or who I died for. Mm-hmm. I didn't die to give you a ministry. I died to have a relationship with you. Wow. And God taught me that very early in my life. And I think the reason why he did is because he knew that I needed that. Because it's easy to do ministry and what you do is so important. And what we do is important. Our ministries are important. It's not to minimize ministry. But it's to amplify that the reason why we're in ministry is because of what Christ did in our life. And then if we're going to have a ministry, it has to come out of what Jesus has done in our life. Mm -hmm. And so it's important. It became important for me to recognize that I need to spend time with Christ because he died to have a relationship with me. And out of that relationship, I can minister. And when I try to do it out of my own strength and my own, in my own way, it becomes, it can become a train wreck. Yeah. And I, and quite honestly, I have to remind myself a lot, you know, in the midst of ministry. And I think that's why God gave that lesson to me very early on is that, hey, stop, recognize why we're doing this and who you're doing it for, and that let's spend some time together because you you can get out of balance way too easily. And I know that I can get out of balance way too easily. I love ministry. Mm -hmm. I love the people I work with. I love working with kids. And I can get all wrapped up into that. And then forget, oh, I'm doing it for Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's super it. interesting because I think we can be defined by what we do or find our identity in what we do, and then it's just a, um, it's just a difficult thing because we're talking about identity, but as we become believers, our identity is in Christ, mm-hmm. and He died for us not because of what we did, but because of who we were and who we are. And so it seems like it's little semantics or slight things, but boy. Uh, 
if I feel good about what I'm doing in ministry based on what I'm doing versus who I am and God's calling, there's going to be real good and real bad times. Uh, and it's just super healthy to have that as a backdrop going either way, however this event goes, or if it goes as I hoped or dreamed or didn't, I'm still not finding my identity in that. And my calling's not increased or decreased on that. So I'm with you 100%. I think that's that's a vital piece for what we're talking about today. You think about the, just the idea of what you do, how important that is. You, you get on an airplane and almost always you sit down next to somebody and the first question they ask you is, hey, what do you do? That's for right. sure. You know, they don't ask you who you are or, or any of that. They want to know what you do because we are defined mm-hmm. by what we do. And during this season of life, being defined by what we do, can we can it's revealed a lot of stuff in us because we go to church and um, we, we haven't met. Some of them haven't met since March in kids ministry and they're defined by what they do. And they recognize that kids aren't coming back and that all of a sudden your self identity is being revealed hmm. and it reveals a lot of who you are and you're recognizing, man, I, I put a lot of my self worth into the numbers of kids that come to kids church or to our youth ministry. And, I know that I do that. We all do that to a large degree. I mean, numbers are important. There's a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. You know, it's important. But it, if your identity comes in that, um, the numbers of the kids that are coming to your youth group or to to your kids ministry, and maybe it's been revealed right now as we're going coming through this COVID time. Hmm. You know, we don't have the same numbers that we had before. And how is how is that making you feel? What is that doing to your to the, what's God's doing inside of you is he revealing, Hey, focus on who you are not just so much what you do. That's outstanding. And as we kind of reflect on that thought, I've been in full-time ministry for 18 years. Uh, Steve, how long? Rookie. I know I'm a young pup sitting at this table. Steve, how long have you been in full-time ministry? Uh, 27, 28 years now, somewhere in there. Yeah. And Mark, how about Uh, you? A few more than that. (laughs) (laughs) So we've all seen the, the heartbreaking stories. Yeah, of the leader whose life just unravels. And the truth is, it didn't happen in that instant. It didn't happen overnight. It was a response to weeks, months, and maybe years of poor self-care. Well, if you flip this concept and say what I do is more important than who I am, Hmm. then self-care becomes... Uh, very unimportant. Yeah. Meaning, because what I'm doing is way more important than me. So if I'm not doing well, I've just got to suck it up and 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 deal. But if who you are is more important than what you do, then the ultimate thing is like, man, I I got to get to a place of health here. And um, you know, I think that's it's an easy way is just flipping that and looking at, well, man, how crazy it would be if the opposite were true. Um, now, I think we're probably going to talk about this today it requires some integrity and responsibility on our part to figure out what self care is and what, you know, because otherwise you can just, it can become myopic or me centered. Like all of a sudden it's like, well, here's what I need and my ministry. Well, you know, that's too bad. I mean, you have to be honest and, and kind of assess kind of what self care is to help us down that path. So absolutely excited about that. Mental health professionals are saying that the three R's of self care rest, relief and relationships the 
problem with that though is we tend to interpret advice in ways that help us reaffirm what we wanted to do before we got the advice. So what are some ways that we can really come to a healthier understanding of rest? Well, I never go into the office before noon. No, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's it's funny because, you know, those are very passive or crisis response words, you know, rest and relief. It's like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I just need to lay down and nobody bother me. And, And man, I don't think that's what they mean at all. I think there are parts when you're in crisis and that's where you're at, that might be your only option. Mm -hmm. But self-care in my mind is saying, how do I incorporate rest and relief and relationship to prevent me from getting to the place where all that's left is I just kick my feet up and check out and we're going to do this. Then I'm going to ramp up and do it again and then need, need that same kind of rest. Um, I, I think it's preventative type stuff more than reactionary. Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of the, you know, the, the story or the idea that, wow, well, I'm going to push really hard so I can get to the weekend, mm-hmm. you know, and I, then I can rest. And I think the reality is, I mean, it's the tortoise and the hare type of thing is how do you take your life and to have a successful ministry, you have got to figure out how to do the rest thing right. Because if you run yourself ragged, burn the candle at both ends, and, and then all of a sudden, well, I'm just going to crash everything, mm-hmm. you're, gonna, you're probably going to be crashing for a long time. And so defining rest for yourself has got to be, I think, really super important and recognize it's not just dumping everything and just being a lump on the couch forever. Well, and if you do that approach, what I've always said is somebody's going to get your leftovers. Mm-hmm. If you just go hard until you are all you have left is what's left, a lot of times it might be your spouse, it might be your kids, it, but sometimes you can go the other way. The leftovers might be the ministry, you know. It's just not a healthy way. The healthy way is to figure out, okay, how do I get in a system that keeps me healthy and I and, and I don't get to a spot where all I have are leftovers, you know, and it's by resting, by getting relief and being in a relationship. I think those are great ways to do this. Which brings up a really good point. Uh, who, who a leader listens to matters a lot mm-hmm. because sometimes people hide behind uh, well, my friend says I should, mm-hmm. or this person says I should. What are, uh, what are some ways that we can kind of keep in a healthy tension as it relates to relief in our lives? Hmm. Because it sounds very passive, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it's a passive word. Mark, what do you think? Well, I, I don't think it's passive either because my first impression of, is, of relief is I'm lifting weights and I can't wait to be have that weight taken off of me. And the relief is just having the weight removed. Yeah. And the reality is that for me, it's not really having the, the relief is not having the weight removed. The relief is actually being recharged mm. and refueled. And um, a popular word today is reset. You know? <laughs> yes. But I think that's for me, that is relief because what happens in that is there's a, there's a physical relief that happens, and that may happen through rest, but there's a mental relief that happens because you recognize you've been recharged. Because there's nothing worse than you're not. There's no relief in knowing that you've, you're totally exhausted and you have nothing to give. Hmm. And so, I th- for me, mental relief comes because I've been recharged and I know that I'm ready. 
And so being ready is part of that. So it's ready and recharged. And we're doing a lot of R's today. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> we might right. talk like a pirate R. <laughs> well played. Well played. Yeah, I think I think even uh, what's crazy about things like that is that for some people, you know, like many know me sitting in a tree stand, that's where I can collect my thoughts and really recharge. I'm on my own. And other people are like, that's a nightmare. Right. <laughs> uh, I actually need to be around people and I need to have just some uh, free time and not work and not thinking about it. If I'm alone, all I do is think about, you know, work or whatever. So kind of knowing yourself and figuring out what does really recharge me or bring relief to me. And for people that are wired differently, some people, if they're servers, they love to help others. Um, that can look a lot like work. And if you take that away, they're like, actually, that's a recharging moment for me. You know, that's so, a really good point. So you kind of have to know. And if you're honest with yourself, you'll figure out. And and for me, it shows up when I have telltale signs where I need recharging. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I go do something and those signs kind of disappear, I'm like, oh, I've stumbled onto something that maybe is going to help me um self-care and be healthy over the long haul not just hey i'm exhausted i'm gonna go do this thing and just crisis management you know yeah as i think about relief it's really almost active it's a it's a doing maybe something different than what you're normally doing like for me i'm a volunteer firefighter which Mm -hmm. is a good excuse to ride on fire trucks i'm just saying (laughs) but for me having an avocation something to pour myself into outside of what can be a bubble because the church world can be insulated. And when I'm able to invest myself into my community by being a volunteer firefighter, it brings so much energy back into me and a structure fire that's work, but it recharges me. And I think uh, maybe if we could just liberate every listener listening right now it's okay to to chase something a hobby something active that brings you life and yeah. that is good it's awesome and it's it's very healthy i was going to mention one more thing about the relief that and I, I think i've recognized this more in this season of my life i think different seasons there's different avenues and venues of relief um, some things may last your a whole lifetime, but some things may just be a short period of time in your life. Yeah, that's good. These are things that bring you relief. And right now I'm recognizing because I'm an empty nester now. And I told Deb, empty, being an empty nester for birds, they're not for people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love having our kids at home. Yeah. But what I found was is that in ministry, being involved in my kids' life hmm. brought relief. So you know, and, and, you know, going to their band concerts, going to their sporting events. Um, I find I'm not doing that now because they're not at home, mm-hmm. but I was interested in them and what they were interested in. And it brought a lot of relief and a lot of recharging for me. And so I think there's a couple of things. One is recognizing that you go through seasons. That's good. You know, and now being an empty nester, I'm saying, okay, I got to find a new place of relief. Thank God for, you know, being able to do Skype and for FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. I can still participate in my kid's life. But 
I think we we need to change some things. And right now, I'm looking for new avenues of relief. Right on. It's pretty amazing how two people can look at the same thing so differently. That's right. How you looked at a band and choir concert and how I looked at those. I know. Well, would be so different. Yeah, I went to the band concert and you weren't there. No, you were. You came. I was there and I was getting elbowed by my wife to get off my phone. Were usually. those earbuds in your ears, Steve? <laughs> they scheduled them all on like NCAA tournament games. So, uh, yeah, well, we're not the, all the same, maybe. I know. That is it. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there, too. Yeah, That's sure. the funny part about that, is I knew you were going to say that. I looked at you when I said the band concert, actually. Uh, and for those of you listening at home, yes, I can confirm. He looked directly yeah, at Steve. For sure. So as we transition to the third R of self-care, which yes. is relationships, this is a vital part of our lives because our relationships identify us to a point and they shape us. So what are some ways that we can create healthy tension in our self-care as it relates to relationships? Well, I'd say first off, being a part of a church staff or a team or and even the, the network, there's a lot of people already that are just, you share some things in common mm -hmm. and they're out there and available. Um, and I think there's what we do really well in this is we go find people who think just like us that's right. and we're like, man, they bring energy to me. And that's important. It's equally important to find people that will challenge some of the things. Otherwise you just kind of drift towards, you know, you know what I'm saying? If, Absolutely. if we let our kids eat everything they want, or if I eat everything I want, it's not good for me. We need to balance things out. And I think there's, there's some beauty in that. If you're a staff pastor, that lead pastors in your life for a reason. And it's not only for the things you agree on or think the same way. There's just beauty in that whole thing and mm -hmm. finding other relationships that are just going to challenge you as well as support you. It's, it's life giving because, um, I mean, that's, you think about it when people get together and they even tell stories, they're really telling stories about people they were with. It's not so much what happened. That's just a reason to talk about, those people. And so there's beauty when you're in the middle of a relationship like that, you can just sit and talk about things you've done in the past and it's just great memories. And without relationship, you know, you're missing out on that. You're also left with your own thoughts and how easy it is to think, well, all that really matters is what I do. Hmm. Right. If who I am is most important, it's natural that I would, other people would see that. Absolutely. And, and maybe not focusing all your relationships on people that do the same thing you do. For sure. That's you well know, said. Being who you are is more important than what you do. If, I can tell a lot about who you are by saying who's on your speed dial and your phone. Mm -hmm. And if all those relationships, all those speed dials are all people that do the same thing you do, then maybe you need to broaden the, that relationship um, spectrum a little bit. And that's, for me, I have you know, friends that are not in ministry that are one guy who's my best friend and I'll call him and we'll talk and he's in California now, but, uh, just being able to have relationships and talk with somebody and we don't have to talk about what ministry looks like right now or anything. We just can talk about, we've had a shared experience since we've been in high school. That's right. And so that that's been really healthy for me to have some relationships with people that don't do exactly what I do. Yeah. I'm really glad you, brought up the idea of a best friend i've got a 13 year old and a seven year old and they have best friends 
but at 39 years old, I'm realizing I need a best friend too. And I thank God for friends that I'm like, yeah, you're my bestie and friends that you can take the armor off in front of them and you can offload. And sometimes it's really therapeutic to actually let someone vent their care and concern to you and kind of being a part of their success. And, uh, just a challenge to all the listeners, um, cultivate best friendships. Don't just settle for good friendships, cultivate the best because ultimately that's what you deserve. So any final thoughts on this relationship segment? I'll be your friend, Dan. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Mark. You want to go see a basketball game together? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, if you wanted to go, go to the, okay. you go to the concerts I'll, with him. I'll, I'll go to a wrestling match with hey, you. Hey, all right. All right. Maybe a UFC event. Yeah, I'll do that with do you. That. So, yeah, I, I just think that uh, it all ties back to our main thing of who we are. We keep talking about who we are. Uh, we need friends who we know exactly who they are. And we have to have friends that know exactly who we are. Yeah. And if we hide that, we can hide behind what we do. And the vulnerability of going, yeah, but Mark and Dan, they know more than just the surface, which would be what I do. Yeah. You know, and that's a beautiful place to be. I think we all want to be there. It takes courage, though, to make yourself that vulnerable. But again, we're talking about self-care and and that's a necessary part, I think. Yeah, the essence of self-care is, in essence, you're, you're picking your pain. Because if you do the hard stuff and you do self-care right, that's not easy. You're having to prioritize health over want sometimes. However, if you don't prioritize self-care, then you're picking another type of pain. Which is kind of like the heartbreak that was referenced on the front end of this podcast. And the beauty is there's always redemption. There's always hope. And we still have a choice to make in the next chapters of our lives. And so maybe you are at a point where you feel like you haven't been doing the best job in self-care. Well, today is the best day to start. Today you can start a new habit. And I heard somewhere along the lines that 21 days to start a habit is is no longer the truth, Steve. We're, yeah, I heard. now I've heard 66, but... Depends on who's selling the book, I'm sure. But, uh, well, I can tell you how many years it took me to get some of the bad habits. <laughs> well, the bad habits start bad habits. Yeah, right. Those start really easy. Yeah. I need. I've always said I need that. Only like, five it, minutes yeah, to start a bad habit. It's funny if it takes 21 or 66 days to get it going while you want it, and literally two days later you can be off that right. and back where you were. It's my, not my, really fair. My dad was. Um, a grocer his whole life grocery business and uh he in his break room where he uh he, he worked he, uh, he put a sign up there and he said it it takes a lifetime to build a customer but five five seconds to lose one mm, that's right you know and i think that's that the same thing true. with habits you know we, it takes a long time to develop a really good one and it takes just a bad moment to break it yeah and so you heard the three r's of rest relief and relationships and uh, each of us now are just going to share how we're contextualizing that so that we can stay healthy as a leader. Yeah, we kind of are wanting to make sure that we don't just get philosophical on this. We're talking about, well, what's something I could go home and do? Yeah. You know? So we didn't talk a lot about the rest. Rest seems obvious because we're like, oh, I just need to go to bed at night or I need to get enough sleep. But I think that's tied to the physical, right? Like I sleep better when I'm getting exercise um, you know, and so like 
I, I think there's something about the physical where you're forcing yourself into doing, I know for me, it's difficult this time of year, but if I'm riding my bike, I feel better every day I do that. Now, not always during, it's painful and whatnot, but I feel uh, recharged and, and that physicality is something that's, that's very good. And I mm-hmm. think uh, if you can figure out what those things are, it can be, we just got a puppy and we're, we're walking that dog a couple times a day, which is good for the dog, but it's also good for me physically. Also, Christy and I might walk together. There's just things that if you're intentional about it, that self-care happens, it's better to do that. Hey, I wonder if I could do that five times this week. Is a great place to start. Don't think about, hey, I've you know, I've ran twenty miles for you know three hundred days in a row. I'm hoping to make. That's that's down the road. But so many people disqualify themselves by just saying, I could I could do this one simple thing that would be physical, and it would tie into the rest and just taking care of that piece. And so, um, figure out what that is for you, um, and 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 find a way to make that productive towards uh, the self care we're talking about. Yeah. Being intentional, I think, is a, that's an important thing that you talk about in resting and finding a physical thing to do that. And in e- even being intentional in finding rest from the things that, that have been going on in the news and the, the mm, media sure. and shutting mm-hmm. off different things like that. Just being intentional to say, hey, I'm going to give myself a personal break from this for a while. Because those things, those things can cause you anxiety. They can cause you all kinds of emotions and feelings and i think just the mental rest that can mm-hmm. come from shutting some of those things off and being intentional about the other things that you're talking about steve well i think you could trade like for instance if i don't we're not saying hey get off the, but if you trade uh maybe you watch a, a half an hour an hour of news you could trade for a, a meaningless stupid show that you watch that just doesn't require that kind of engagement or stress or an audiobook or whatever it might be you can just trade them and see what happens. You know, I think I think you're right about that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it, it funny that I think it was last night. My wife was on the phone with my daughter, and uh, she um, she said, "Well, guess what your dad's doing?" And she she could tell that he's watching this show and he's having a bowl of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and it's like one show, and it's once that's over, it's over, and yeah. um, I feel good. I ate popcorn; it was good. Yeah. So, you know, that was, int- I'm intentional about that and it, it kind of helps, but yeah, um, for me, when I, when I think about taking care of my relationships, I try to be very intentional and think of like two S's to have structure, have kind of a rhythm to all the relationships in my life. But then I also am learning to embrace the spontaneity of it when my son or daughter bounds up and like, Hey dad, you want to do this? I'm finding so much richness in that moment and finding, especially feeling that my empty nester phase is coming (laughs) and I'm full of aware of this kind of countdown timer that's in my house at this date in the future, we're going to be sending our, our youngest off and I'm learning in this season of my life to not just be structured and be intentional in relationships that way, but just to embrace the spontaneity of the moments that are unscripted, unplanned, and some of the most funny, life-giving, and joy-feeling moments have come from those unscripted moments. Well, there's a, there was a movement to say, hey, you got to figure out how to say no, which I think is really healthy in leadership, right? But I actually think 
there's a lot of things we need to figure out how to say yes to. That's good. And that we aren't doing. Hmm. And yes, of course, I mean, we can complain about our time, but the truth is if anybody really evaluated their time, there's probably room for that moment with your son or daughter or your That's wife right. or, or whoever that you could say yes to. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, sometimes we get in the habit of thinking, I'm just so busy. And and it's a it's and we we, we wear that busyness that like it's a merit badge that we earn not, you know and we yeah. you go to ask somebody how are you doing I'm busy you know and, and that, that <laughs> like, it's, like it's your name <laughs> yeah. right yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, here I am I'm busy well the worst thing if they said boy I can tell yeah, yeah. <laughs> right right you know and I think all of us can say that but the but the reality is is you're busy with what you know what's important are you busy with the things that you want to be busy with that's a good point. are you busy with the things that are important in life. Or are you busy with things that are just draining you, that are wrecking you? Um, and I think in ministry, we can get so busy in the things that drain us and wreck us that if we would just step back a little bit and re- re-evaluate where we're at, we can maybe say, you know, if I'm a little bit more intentional, say yes to some things that may be better for me. Uh, we, and quite honestly, right now, this is a great time to, to re-evaluate sure. some That's of that right. stuff. That's mm-hmm. right. So, so I wanted to share a little bit about just the idea of relief and what I do to recharge. And uh, I told you that I was going through the empty nester stuff, and my my relief really came through my kids. But before before my kids, my relief and recharging came through fishing. I used to have my my day off used to be on Thursdays, which was a great time to go fishing, especially in the Chicago suburbs. I could go to any lake in the area and everybody else was at work and I could be fishing. It was a great way to recharge. And so in talking with my wife and saying, Hey, at this empty nester phase, what am I going to do to recharge and get relief? Well, we have the opportunity to go fishing again. And Mm -hmm. so we're, we're talking about how to do that. And, uh, I love fishing. I don't quite honestly, I don't even care about catching, Mm -hmm. you know, I just care about just that time to be outdoors. I know that you might feel the same way, Steve, about going yeah, and hunting, you know, sure. and, and sitting outdoors. Is you know, it, sometimes that having the fish on has just interrupted what I was just thinking <laughs> about. <laughs> but but uh, I, I do. I think for me, just finding it's this. This is for me. This is what recharges me. And uh, you know, and when it ceases to quit recharging me i want to find something else mm-hmm. and i think we're going to talk more about self-awareness on the on the next couple of episodes and i'm thinking through that going man there's just a whole list of hobbies like you're saying that are life-giving right but you got to know yourself mm-hmm. right. i've golfed with some guys that that recharges them and i've golfed with other guys that i'm like <laughs> this is not recharging them. right they are right. <laughs> well, people they're worse can... off than when they got here <laughs> people can be obsessive about things sure. too you know and yeah and, I've seen I've seen guys wrap a golf club around a tree yeah. before, <laughs> which that might be the guy that's actually relieved. <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's figured it I, out. I, I won't tell you who who it was, but I was with a guy when he threw his whole cl- set of clubs in the water. Oh, <laughs> Did he get him back? I you know I don't even know I, that's the thing that stuck in my mind. Chucking those clubs into the water. I, I don't know if he was ever relieved by it, but he. Uh, he was mad when he threw him in. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, ultimately, the reason we're doing this is we care, and we're wanting to say, "Hey, we are full on about this self care, but we need to make sure we know how to do it in a more productive way." Yeah. And so, thanks for I, I appreciate you bringing it up, Dan. It's been a great conversation, and I 
I think that this would be good for us to just continually look at because it does change, you know, what, what worked in a season. And we'll talk more about that on the horizon, but um, some good things. If you can just figure out something physically, something that's going to be a, maybe a hobby to bring relief and relationships that are going to help. I think that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. So, Thank you so much for joining us for the inaugural episode of the Source Series as we took a dive into the concept of self-care and our long-range discussion of the idea that who you are is more important than what you do. Special thanks to our guests Mark Kilcoin and Steve Tripp. Today's episode of the Source Series was hosted by Dan Harrod, Wisconsin and Northern Michigan Youth Alive director. Stay tuned for more from the Source Series. We will have content in the coming months tailored to your area of ministry, whether it's working with youth or children, And we're really excited about an upcoming episode from Kidman on how to be a good team member. Feel free to connect with us online by visiting the pages linked in the episode description. We would love to hear from you. We have a form linked in the episode description where you can leave your thoughts or questions that we can share in a future episode. Thanks again for joining us for today's episode of the Source Series.